Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. Interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on Facebook at Crazon Dion. Hey, everybody. This is Lunell, the original bad girl of comedy. I'm here at the Link Promenade in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, and you're watching the film review. We have a great show for you today, people. We have a jam-packed show. We have the uh, lines uh, lighting up. Uh, We have people calling in from all over the country to speak to us today telling us what's happening in their cities right so we want to say people do you have your gloves you see i have my blue gloves on and do you have your mask because this is crazy right how to protect yourself so let's go through the blurbs right so the blurbs there's been a lot of blurbs in the news and pretty much all the blurbs are about pretty much the same thing so let's let's bring this graphic up real quick okay so uh the film review blurbs the first thing up is how to protect yourself at the gas pump right so let's bring this up how to protect yourself at the gas pump do you remember a few years back when it was protect yourself from hypodermic needles that they were somehow placing in the lever mechanism that you that you were pressed to uh, pump gas, all of a sudden people were leaving hypodermic needles with HIV yeah. on them, yeah. right? Yeah. And now it's somehow they're going to leave the coronavirus on it, right? On, on, on the pump handle. Right. Right? Right. Now, it's corona. Now, have you seen these videos, people? It, it's a disturbing trend going on. I'm going to show these real quick to you. The, the first two videos show yeah. uh, two men at different times on subways mm-hmm. pulling their mask down, licking their fingers, and rubbing it on the handrails. Purposefully. Right? Purposefully to spread virus corona so as you see this as the person is doing it with the camera as you see this guy yeah. he licks his mouth and he rubs it on the handrail right? right to pass on the virus and he slowly puts his mask up and with the, with the uh, magic of editing it looks like he looks at the other guy on another train he fiddles around in his mouth and he rubs it on the handrail of the tram or the train or the subway, right? Now, this is insane, especially what's going on now. Here's a lady from China who spits on the elevator buttons that people will get on. And one of her uh, neighbors get someone because obviously she has the virus right and why not pass the virus on to those who are more healthy why not do that huh 
So then one of her people get gets on, they get on, and then she presses a button. Now if she touches her face, her nose, her mouth at any time, she will have what this woman has, because you see she's covering up. The woman is standing back in the back just watching and she's covering her face. Right? I mean it's and it, as you see the Chinese have tissues, uh, tissue holders within their elevators to help people be more sanitary during this moment. And this woman is doing this, right? I mean, it's just insane. Then, then it comes with another, she's rubbing some more, right? And then it comes another scene where the guy gets on and he spits in his hand and he rubs the virus on as you see, he's, he's rubbing the virus on the numbers, spitting in his hand and rubbing on the numbers. This guy takes tissue that the Chinese have in their thing and rubs the numbers. Spitting, he's on, spitting them. on them to yes. try to get people sick with this virus. I mean, it's just wicked. It's just wicked. Now, this isn't just happenstance, people. This isn't just happening, right? Because an article came out yesterday. Yesterday, right? Came out yesterday. And let me pull this up real quick before we get to talking here. So, all right, people. So, okay. So that's another. That's another example here. Here's the one I'm looking for right here. Okay. So, the federal law enforcement is saying they have been documenting. And their documents reveal white inferiority organizations. I don't call them white supremacists. Right? They're, they're inferior or they wouldn't have fear. Discuss using coronavirus as a uh, bioweapon, right? So they've been talking about this since February. They've known about this, you know, since it came out. And they said, well, if we catch it, right? Then everyone who's we might as well spread it, right? That's what they're doing. And that's what they're doing, right? So none of this is in happenstance. Two gentlemen, if I can say that they're gentlemen, that were on the subway cars. Mm -hmm. It's not by you know happenstance or just by coincidence that they happen to be doing this in two different cities, right? Right. If you get this. Right. Then it's your obligation to spread it, right? Take spring break. People are sheep, right? right. There's a video going around where there's a uh, audience and the guy is filming it on his cell phone. Now, he has this swoopy, he's blonde and pale, and he has this swoopy hairdo. Now, you know that swoopy hairdo where the part is on one side? Oh, right. and, they, and they're kind of, yeah, and they're trying to kind of emulate Adolf Hitler? Yeah. Right, he's he's filming, right? Right. So, how easy is it to have people be sheep and say, "Yeah, let's go out here and do this," mm -hmm. so that you can help get them in the water, right. help get them places, spray things that will get them yeah. sick, and then they take the virus back to their people, right? Right. Now, the New York Post has another image of another uh, Chinese person actually spitting on the uh, keys of the elevator, right? Okay, so the feds report 
chatter of white inferiority groups discussing using coronavirus as a bioweapon. Right. Weekly intelligence. Uh, they want to target law enforcement in non-white communities, right? Mm. Uh, designed to infect with the coronavirus. Now, this is their new designation for white extremists. They call them white, radically motivated, violent extremists. Mm. They say they are obligated to spread mm -hmm. coronavirus if they contract the virus, right? Okay. Um, suggested ways of spreading the virus. Uh, 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 spreading in public okay. among perceived enemies okay. uh, leave saliva on door handles at local FBI offices mm -hmm. spitting on elevators we've seen that right. uh, and spreading COVID germs to non-white neighborhoods is this one of the big reasons? Now, this is the question. Is this one of the big reasons why they are actually shutting down cities? Okay. Because they realize right. that these people are out to do just that. Yeah. It could be. They Are, are they yeah. shutting down cities yes. because they realize the people are out to do that and spread this virus and right. and they don't want the panic to happen right such as people finding out that these people are spreading this virus and it's spreading it amongst their own people yeah see it's not a coincidence some Asians right feel that they're honorary uh Aryans, Aryans right spreading amongst their people right Aryans are spreading amongst their people because right. the people at spring break, they listen to hip-hop music. Right. And so what would they say? Okay, those people are not our people. Right. Spread amongst the people. They right. are spread in the uh, non-white neighborhoods right. amongst perceived enemies. So is right. this what's going on, yeah. right? As we get into uh, going to the phone lines, we're going okay. to bring up three people right now. We have uh, Foster V. Corridor. We have Michael Campbell from Bop TV, right. and we have Keith Lee, yes. independent filmmaker. Yes. And by the way, Foster mm -hmm. Foster V. Gord, uh, Corridor mm -hmm. is an independent filmmaker, mm -hmm. cinematographer, mm -hmm. and director. Mm -hmm. And we've had, uh, except for Michael, we've had each one of these on the show. Right. All right, so let's bring everyone up here. Okay, how's everyone doing tonight? Uh, we're doing just fine. We're doing fine. Thank you for having us on. We're having you on for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Okay. Thank so, you. Blessed and highly favored. Yeah. So, so we we lost the call because we had we had the uh, female perspective, right. and hopefully they call back in so we can have them on the air. But anyway, we have the fellas on, and we are glad to have you on. Yeah. And so, first of all, let, let's start with Foster. What's happening in L.A. right now as far as the shutdown is concerned? And how is it affecting the industry? And I need everyone to turn down anything that they're listening to outside of um, outside of listening through your phone. 
so that we can have a clean playback right. when we read when we read right. probably yeah probably uh put if you're not talking putting your mute on is the best way to go okay. oh yeah that's right put, um, that's right put your right. mute on fellas till i call you go ahead foster yeah and uh, uh, what I was going to say is, as far as uh, um, L.A. goes, Hollywood, it's pretty much shut down. You know, um, I had three shoots scheduled before the middle of uh, April, and pretty much all three of them are on hold. Um, and if you go to the L.A. Uh, film office for permits, the office is closed. So if the city is not handing out permits, then you know pretty much the business is, is shut down. Mm -hmm. um, and the mayor, the mayor has that stay at home in effect. So it's pretty much like the rest of the nation, you know, um, like New York, uh, LA is just, it's sort of a ghost town. You know, I was on the freeway uh, yesterday and where it was only probably, uh, you know, between five and twenty thousand cars on the road and the forty miles I had to go when normally that would be about five hundred thousand cars. Now, now that's a lot to say because yeah. the freeways are animal in LA. <laughs> I just say it's animal right. in LA, right? So right. what does that feel yes. like to see that desolation in the streets and then how are how are you personally uh, coping with it, dealing with it, and how is how is the uh, American Black population uh, dealing with it? Well, that's an interesting question. You know, um, the the American Black population is it's kind of hard for me to to answer uh, unless you know I I call some people that live next to in the in the inner city because I happen to live in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 22 miles outside of the city, okay. um, in an area called San Dimas. So it's it's not really urban, but the story is the same everywhere. You know, it's a ghost town. It, it I have to admit, the freeway being empty, it's a blessing. You know, but. but <laughs> I normally, I try to drive on uh, Sunday mornings, you know, about 4.30, 5.30 in the morning on Sunday morning. That's when I do my writing uh, because the freeways are totally empty in Los Angeles and you can go downtown, it's totally empty. And I just take a notepad and, and drive around, you know, you can go from Malibu to Long Beach to, you know, um, to Ontario all inside an hour, hour and a half uh, in the morning on Sunday morning. So I just write that time. So the freeways now are close to that type of uh, atmosphere where it's, it's really, you know, deserted. I don't know how long, I don't think they can do this, um, keep businesses shut down, you know, any more than a week. It's going to be really hard for people. Hey, we want to say what's up to people who are watching. What's up to Nikki Rich? What's up to Ed Martin? She, Nikki Rich says she remembered. So let's go to uh, Michael in ATL in Atlanta. What's happening in Atlanta 
uh, as far as the shutdown and then what's happening as far as the industry is concerned? So, um, Atlanta's pretty much the same as New York and LA. Um, Atlanta, the, the film industry is dead. The music industry is dead. Um, things like collaborations and recording and productions, they're on hold, right? Um, I, I spoke at, um, an event that was given by Georgia, I think it was Georgia Production Partners or TAG, Technology Associates of Georgia. And I posed the question, one, this was uh, maybe about a year ago, what would happen if there was no more film industry? What would happen to that? What would that look like? And they all looked at me like, uh, like I was crazy. And, you know, we have to be prepared for that, especially as a people. We need to really grow what we're doing. And this is an example. If you're moving too fast and you're not moving righteous, God will shut you down and make you realize what's really going on out here. Now, I know I'm sounding um, spiritual on this thing, but I look at it from an African perspective and all kind of perspectives. Mm-hmm. So expand on what what do you mean by not being righteous? Let, let, let's expand upon that a little bit. The the film industry or black Hollywood as you would call it, right? Uh-huh. Is is really, really based on the, the film industry in Atlanta based on the big boys. The incentives, all the things that are there are built on the big companies that come into shoot. They're not here because they want to help grow the film industry. They're here because of a tax break. They're here because of money and it's structured that it does not help people of color that are in the film and television industry. So the independents, they really represent the majority. If you add up their money and the amount of production they do in a year, it's actually greater but we're kissing the ass of the the majors, right? And the independents don't get really much of anything. And we're out here grinding every day. I feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Keith, in Stockton, California, what's happening in Stockton, California, and does it so because you're only like 45 minutes away from uh, San Francisco, from the Bay, from Oakland. What's happening in those cities right now as far as the film is concerned and as far as the uh, shutdown is concerned? So, right now it's stopping, you know, we're, 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 we're just, I guess you could say that everybody got high hopes here, you know, this is a strong city, we're not scared of nothing, but right now it's about being smart. And being close to San Francisco, the area, you know, we're right outside of there, probably like, like you said, 45 minutes at the most of Oakland in San Francisco. But the shutdown started going down last week. We didn't, I'm not stopping. We didn't get shut down first. Shut down. We've seen every coming on TV before it even hit, hit us first. And actually, we didn't shut down until like a couple of days. The president had to announce that the whole state was, I mean, that the whole everywhere shut down. And then it came on, you know, I guess our governor came on and said that the whole state was um, shut down for California, but 
atmosphere here in Stockton, I mean, it's kind of relatively new. We're just now getting all, getting all shut down now, so there's still people outside on the street because I live more towards the, not, I live more like towards the, the inner city, I guess you could say the hood. And a lot of people don't have cars and bikes and all that, so they're walking around, and the law isn't enforced here. But, but I did notice that we did get, as they said, was going on in San Francisco. We see how they was hoarding the toilet paper. Hoarding, I can't say, I ain't gonna say hoarding because people are trying to take their own life. And I don't know what specific um, each person is doing with this stuff. But I know that I live, you know, in this area and there's a lot of older people. And I had to go out at six in the morning to try to uh, get, get, get some food and stuff. And this before they did the closing. And, Owls empty there and everything. So the time we got to shut, um, most of our owls and stuff was here kind of like empty. I mean, we still have cars on the road and stuff like that, but you have to really wait your turn to get still get your get your products or whatever you're trying to get your canned goods. You have to wait in line here still because everybody's still right now still trying to just um, take care of themselves. Because in a few more days, we're pretty sure it's going to be a major lockdown the way it is now going right now because we 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 um kind of like uh, map it out towards Italy. Like not too long ago, Italy was at 600. And then when they hit 10,000, they said that we were 11 days behind them. And then and they got shut down in Italy at 10,000. And when we hit 10,000 in the United States, they, they shut everything down here now. And now we're at 30,000. And when Italy hit 90,000, I think they're somewhere around 90,000, couldn't nobody go in and out of the city no more. So we're going, I don't know what's going to happen when we hit 90,000. I don't know if it's man-made or, or not, but I know that you do need to be smart about it and protect yourself. A lot of people here are, I guess, and still like disbelief because a lot of people aren't um, practicing a six-feet distance yet. They're not practicing that. I still see people... Like when I went to get some gas, but you have to protect yourself when you go up there with some, get some gas and stuff with gloves. But right now here in Stockton, we're just now um, getting it together with it right now. But everybody's in high hopes and good spirits, and, and everybody's hopeful about it, about getting through it, though. So. All right, so so everybody can come off mute. Let's 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 get the discussion going between you uh, between the fellas here. Um, were American blacks prepared? Was the larger society prepared? And what do you think right now is the ramifications of being prepared or not being prepared at this moment? Whoever wants to go first. Well, I think that Mike. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, my concern rather than fear. My concern is um, martial law. My concern is um, prison camps being turned into quarantine stations. My concern is us leaving our homes and everything to be hemmed up in these places that look very much like prisons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, this is Foster, and I don't, I don't have to say he's happening. Uh, that is what happened in the past, and this is a new deal. Okay. And times are different. Okay. They won't have to resort to that. What, what, what we're not being told is the simple truth is. 
we're all gonna get coronavirus or whatever name it goes up under, but we're all going to get it. That's the thing that they're not saying. You can stay in your house as long as you want to for the next two weeks or the next two months. Eventually, you're gonna get and that's what we're not being told. And the only, the only question is, are you healthy enough to survive it and be able to be sick for two weeks and still function? Uh, if you have, uh, you know, as they say, pre-existing uh, conditions, if you're having health problems, it is definitely going to trim society's cannon fodder off. You know, um, it, it, so I don't think that it is, it is necessarily targeting a group, uh, as a specific group as it is, is out there. Now, where it came from, who can know? You know, whether it's in some U.S. lab or some Chinese animal thing, it doesn't matter at this point. What it, what does matter is survival. So I don't think it's gonna, you know, as everybody was panicking and running about toilet paper and all that, that was the initial panic for something new and fear. But the reality that's gonna come out real soon is everyone is gonna get it. So that's why they're trying to come up with something to, you know, fight it off with a um, some sort of drug. But we're all gonna get it, and right now, you just need to be able to be healthy enough to fight it off. That's it. From my perspective, I'll be quiet now. Mm. Okay, this uh, is Keith Lee. Mm. Um, I kind of agree with the brother that, yes, the majority of the people is going to get it, and, that, and that's guaranteed. They said between 60 or 68% in New York going to get it. Uh, everybody talking about 80% for sure. Spain is up there. Um, LA is saying that they're going to definitely
at night, but don't panic about this because it's like he said, it, this can be a form of disease or made of a flu, but worse than that, and you probably will have to quarantine yourself for 14 days, but just be ready for that and don't think that you're, everybody's not going to die, I don't believe that. Probably will get sick, but you'll be able to get through it like he was saying, but in case you do, please try to read up on this and educate yourself and your family and don't be out there shooting dice, drinking Hennessy and, and, and not taking it serious because you can take that back to your family, back to your grandmother because a lot of people live with their grandmother so you can take it back to your grandmother, your grandfather you can take it back to your auntie so right now it's like it's in the air but we're probably like 10 days behind Italy so by next week probably be a lot of deaths there and a lot of people will be scared to come outside but to, to get their food so definitely educate yourself now because you don't lose nobody in your family just because you don't know enough doesn't mean you can't learn enough I mean the internet's still on that's true. So enjoy this part of just help so, educate yourself right now and, and have faith. You gotta have faith. Faith without works is it's not gonna work. You gotta have faith. That's for sure. What's going on to LaKayla? I see her chiming in on the uh, on Facebook. Uh, so I'm gonna ask this question. I'm gonna read a comment that uh, Ed Martin said. Um, why aren't Why aren't we as American blacks? more into the sciences and more into the biochemistry of things. Think about that for a minute. I'm going to read what Ed Martin said. Don't agree. If race is involved, why is it on every continent and country on the world? And the, the main point of the opening was to talk about how uh, white inferiority organizations are trying to use it as a bioweapon, yeah. right? So it's going across, but they're trying to use it as a bioweapon to have their uh, ultimate goal, which they call, uh, let me let me find what the word is for that, so I can say it what they call it. They call it accelerationism which is they believe to collapse the society so that Nazis can take over. It has to be uh, uh, destabilized by any means. So as we see these people putting the, uh, from out their mouths, yeah. putting the contagion yeah. on handles, yeah. spitting on uh, elevator numbers, right. buttons, this is to get rid of a population who they feel may not be necessarily even their own people yeah. who who look like them yeah. who they feel are not going their way. And would would that not be more of a way more hysteria for people that people are looking and saying, "Well, I don't know who this is." They're looking at their own people strange. Not only is it a race thing, but right. it's also culture depending on how you walk how you talk right. as individuals maybe you get along with black people maybe you get along with white people mm -hmm. and within the middle of that is someone that's trying to spread a contagion to wipe you off the planet right, right? so i believe myself that the government sees this right. and that's why they're saying they're trying to Put stop it because it. why is it spreading so much in certain populations Bands. You know, look what happened sudden, in Washington, right? Like the way it just what look what happened in New York. All of a right. sudden, it's just spreading in yeah. areas that are affluent. Yeah. And what are most people who are practicing white inferiority? They're mostly kind of poor. Why is it 
affecting affluent areas. So uh, if you want to chime in on that, but pretty much the question was, why aren't we more in tune with things like biology and all that? Science. Science and all that. Why are we lacking in that area? Okay. Um, I feel like we are right in that area because all we ever know it's kind of cliche everybody says the same thing all we have is you're not a basketball star or something coming up the ghetto that you're not considered as making it and we must not have any, any lawyers doctors and seeing that like it's in the white neighborhood they see that all the time Bob next door is, is going for a degree such as down the street Susie's going for a degree but if you're not raised on that and everybody's not on that, back in the South, that's all it was, go to HBCU college, go to HBCU college. California was it. It's not like that, go to a black college. They're just like, go get a job, nine to five. And if that's all you put into a kid's head, instead of you could be a doctor or you could be a lawyer or a biologist or a scientist, then we don't even know that you can go that far. And, and by us not having any that many black astronauts or famous biologists or scientists out there to, to let the kids know that they're out there and they can't believe and become that then it's kind, of, it's kind of hard for us to even go that direction but hopefully in the future to change after this maybe people want to be doctors and want to cure things maybe they want to cure this coronavirus maybe we, we get people looking at looking at other people different but that, that's my take on it alright well um, this is Foster and I have to say I have to push back on that because we do have plenty of black doctors and lawyers and, uh, and all the rest. The Not in the ghetto. Oh, sure. Uh, well, see, a period. And when you talk about the per capita, the problem is that the, the media that we consume is sending out the messages of all we are are rappers and basketball players. You see, that's what, that's why if you look who owns the radio stations in the communities and all the other stuff, even the, 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 um, you know, the record, look at all the, the media that we consume is set up on a suicide mission, on a self-genocide mission. And when we have, when we listen to the music with the bitches and the hoes and the niggas and the guns and the, and all it is is about big booty girl, big booty girl, that is programming your mentality. You know, so it's not that we don't have uh, people going to school. All the colleges, all the black colleges are filled with people, uh, African-American people and Latino people trying to uplift themselves. It's not like it was 30, 40, 50 years ago where people were keeping us from going to school. We, we've crossed that bridge, in my opinion. Uh, now, it is controlling some of the the media, the content that we're getting. You know, it's, it's a damn shame that the Kanye's and the the other rappers and you know all we do is look to the Oprah Winfrey's and stuff for leadership you know and it's like our content we don't own the media but and that's a slave mentality problem because these basketball players and football players and doctors and lawyers and people of wealth they've been programmed and trained to not trust each other to not 
pool together, put their money together to control the system rather buy into it and be part of it. You know, all the sports, um, 99, say not all, but 99% of the sports athletes out here, they have non-black agents, they have non-black attorneys, they have non-black, you know, managers. You know, the same thing with your actors and, you know, your filmmakers, you know, that none of them are rooted None of them are trying to reach back and pull up people. When you see the the Spielbergs and the Zemeckis uh, and the Ron Howards, and you look at how they have structured their company and surrounded themselves with people and brought up people behind them who helped them. If they look at it as a community thing and not even being racist, but, you know, for example, the Jewish community. The Jewish community makes sure that they maintain a certain foothold and power structure in entertainment. But nobody black is interested in that. Jay-Z is not interested in that. He's doing business with the football uh Commissioner, and but nobody is consciously trying to build black businesses in. So that's that's my opinion. I don't think that we don't have it. I think that it's just not being seen and promoted as much as the negative images are. I'll be quiet now. If I if I could, I'd like to say something on that. Go ahead. So so I I own a black television network. And one of the problems that I have is that trying to get black people to stop feeling that or being enriched in the slave mentality that everything white is good, that we have to be alongside them, that we have to be around them, that that some kind of way uplifts us, right? So if I want to become NBC, I cannot become NBC unless you support me. But everybody is looking at the holy grail of Netflix, and everybody's looking at the holy grail of whatever, and we're getting fooled by rich Jews who will not even fund a piece of content if they can't control the narrative of how it's done to make us look a certain way and make them look a different sort of way. The music business is damn near dead because the Jews pulled out of the music business because they could not keep fucking over people in the business, black people. And so they got, they not now, because we could no longer be their bitch, pardon the phrase, but bitch, yes. Now it's a whole different world out here now. And we have to do for ourselves. We have to create for ourselves. We'll get through this. Right, the creator will get us through this, but after this, we cannot go back to the way we were. Absolutely not. It's unacceptable. Okay, so let, let let's get to some, some solutions because, as I remember, my, my parents came up through. They were children, but they came up through the Great Depression, right? So they 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 came up. They knew how to preserve food. They knew how to. Uh, stretch food they they had certain things that they still ate like sardines and things like that canned food stocking up on canned food having a pantry fully stocked ready having an extra freezer with stuff frozen in it what are the steps that we as american blacks have to do to be prepared 
for something like this, any kind of catastrophe or event such as this as a pandemic, what is it that we're that we need to do or we should be doing to prepare ourselves next? Because we're looking for solutions. We talked about the problem. Now we need to go through solutions. I think um, functioning in a way that is beyond a kind of extremism of sort within your own house. Go above and beyond pretending that it's your it's the farthest direction it could be. Really cover yourself. Don't leave out the house. Take super productive kinds of ways to protect yourself at all costs. And if you if you roll like that on that level, 100, 365, right? And you're rolling at that, you'll always keep yourself safe because you're not waiting for these gradual clues. You're already there. Who's next? Solutions. Okay, this is uh, Keith. Okay. Uh, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Okay, this is uh, Keith. What I think is um, what we learn from this and take away from this is always to be prepared because this just goes to show you that the world can be swept from under you at any, any time. And I was reading something the other day that said always be prepared to have two weeks worth of food and um, just because you never know like a prepper, almost be like a prepper, and I guess educate yourself more on this because this this is not, I think it's population control because it's going to hit the homeless and everything else. So by this taking process, this time, I think that people could learn to be, I guess, more vigilant and more precise on what they're doing because if you're not taking action now and accountability what's happening, you're not going to be able to do it in the future. So you have to be able to pass this test. I mean... It, make a list, to-do list, everything that you need to do for the future. I mean, write stuff down, put stuff in jars, put it away for you from later on because they said that this might come back. It's not, this is just not the end of it. It might come back in another season. So you better keep learning, prepare yourself for this time, for the next time. Okay. Um, I think that we as a people, you know how they always say, oh, black people don't think like a monolith. I think that at this point in, if you can call it a game, but it's really strict business here, um, we have to start to think like a monolith. We have to have some kind of, of rule set, uh, an art of war, so to speak. We, we spoke about that last week on the show, but... There's no harm in thinking like a monolith because there are orthodox and unorthodox Jews, but they have one thing in common, never again. They may argue over how they dress, you know, uh, is one uh, following the, the, the guidelines correctly versus the other one? Are you more secular? Like people say, like black people have a, have a argument with being secular versus being uh, spiritual or religious or, or, or being in the gospels, right? We have to begin to think like a monolith on certain things like our upliftment has to be monolithic in thought. What do, what do you say to that? Hello? Anyone there? 
Okay. Um, 
from Cartier or, or you know, who is it? Ethan Laraj or Louis Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Polo. Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Our mindset is we're not good enough. We have to reach out to them to prove, to show that we're good enough. We have to support their stuff. So I'll be quiet now. <laughs> Michael. One of the things, yeah, one, you call my name. <laughs> one of the things I would like to say about that is I don't think that monolithic um, description you give, I don't think that looking at the Jews might not be the greatest answer because the Jews own slaves as well, right? So I think if we have to look at what the answer might be, I think that that answer would be in going back to our ancestors, going back to the ways of our ancestors before we took that ride that we didn't want to take here, right? So uh, oftentimes I think about well, what were we doing before the Bible? What were black What were black folks doing in Africa before there was a Bible? Maybe we need to go back to the roots of all that. Maybe we need to start thinking more of that because uh, the Jews are not a fine example in any way of doing anything honest. Their whole thing is built upon taking and taking and taking, right? And and it's something that has to stop. I know how to, to do it right away. Change in this country is not gonna come from getting very nice white folks to change their mind about how they've been treating us. This is all by design. So we bought into the thought that the grass was greener. We had our own baseball. We had our own football. We had our own all of that. And we thought that going into their kitchen, it would be better for us. Because we thought that their grass was greener, that their water tasted better. We thought all of that, right? And we bought into that because it was a lazy way to get in and do something. Because we didn't want to do it for ourselves. We wanted to be given to it. When you're in my kitchen and my house, you do what I say to do. So we came into their kitchen thinking we were going to be free to do what we want to do. But no, we're in their house. And when you're in somebody else's house, then they set the rules of the house. Okay. So right now I have a self-made man of C.J. Walker. Have any of you seen that on Netflix? Have you seen it? Speaking of Netflix, it's on there. So uh, executive produced by LeBron James. Have any of you seen that? Starring Octavia no. Spencer. Yeah, she also executive produced. She also executive produced. Okay. Directed by Delaney Davis. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm watching it tonight. Okay. Well, uh, I'm not going to spoil. Well, I'm going to have to spoil it a little bit. It's found out that she steals something. I'm, I'm just going to leave it like that. She steals something. Something that is very important. The very thing that made her who she was they tell you in the story that she actually stole it and she admits that she stole it so going through and talking about uh, Michael how you said that the Jews are something they take they steal this woman became a self made millionaire 
from off of stealing something. Right? So many things have been stolen from American black people. It wouldn't be so necessarily that you're stealing, but would it be that you're stealing it or taking it back, right? And so that's why I'm talking about a monolith that people have to go, like the athletes, they have the money and they could easily invest. Of course, there was an athlete for baseball that invested into, what's her name, the rapper? Uh, the female rapper that's out now. He was, oh, uh, Meg, the Meg the Stallion, and she turns around and goes with the larger conglomerate that happens to be owned by white folks, and it has a black face on it now. And she, 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 she turns it and uh, goes with this organization. And the other guy said, "Look, you're supposed to be paying me a certain percentage from off of these concerts, you know," and. So what I'm saying is we have to start to think like a monolith to the point to where it hurts. It has to be a sacrifice. We have to not say that we can't start thinking like a monolith. We got to say we need to start thinking like a monolith because the first principles of the art of war is all about believing in the leader to the point that you would be willing to die for it. And I don't think since... They shot a couple of people back in the 60s, you know, assassinated a couple of people back in the 60s. I don't think that we have been willing to die for that. And we may perish because we don't have vision now. And this coronavirus is here. And how, how many times have they talked about it? I remember there was a book out called Leviathan 666. They talked about all this. They talked about the cell phones. They talked about all that. And it was out there for everyone to read. But... If you want to hide something from from uh, black people, put it in a book. If you want to hide something from a college student, put it on a bulletin board. They're going to walk right past it. My thing is, we need to start thinking like a monolith to the point like, uh, who is that? Dr. James Small, when I interviewed him, he said that the Europeans, when black people were in control of this world in Europe, they will walk past themselves every day the European and say we got to get rid of them blacks every day and that was their rallying uh, they, they thought like a monolith and they rallied behind we got to get rid of them blacks in power every time they walk what's going on we got to get rid of them blacks in power when we walk past each other we say what's up man we got to put ourselves in the rightful place we got to get rid of those people in power. Okay. What do you say to that? Ooh. Mm. Hello? Someone? Well, I can I, I'm trying I'm not trying to speak so much. <laughs> <laughs> See, cause because we're about solutions. Like 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 people will talk about the problem but not come with solutions. And when you hear what the Europeans said about black people, when they walked in, taught them how to clean themselves, how to walk upright, how to shave, how to have hygiene, how to grow things, how to plant. And then you turn around on the very people who taught you everything and said, we got to get rid of them blacks in power. 
So everybody wants this iconic seat at the table, right? Mm -hmm. The problem with our own people that has to be corrected is we're not willing to get a get in the woods, get the wood, bring it back, build the tables, build the chairs, and start from there. We're in an age, and particularly with our young, with with our youth, where many things are felt like they should be handed to us, and that is taking us back hundreds of years to to a point where after you feel dependent and independent at the same time, that just does not work, right? So a lot, and a lot of young people are not listening to their elders or taking the bits that they want to take and turn it into something smooth and easy to digest. Revolution is never easy to digest. Revolution is never something that's easy to get. As you said, you have to be willing to die for that. And you have to be willing to take on the responsibility of each other as a group. Yeah, I would like to uh, just take off to add on to something on that. And uh, we need, like he was saying, we need more more control because as they were saying that, that about the black people, I mean, we had the Moors. They learned everything from the Moors, washing their hands and everything. But what they beat us at was that they took control over paperwork. They didn't want to do the paperwork. So they patented everything. We didn't know about that. We couldn't even get along and patent and stuff. So now we're, we're probably like, what we have to do now, once we get through this, we're going to have to take that control of ownership. I mean, the biggest what, person was Harvey Weinstein, and he's in jail for, for, for rape, and Oprah has a company, and she knows him. There's a lot of people out here with companies that can do things, but they're not going to take a chance on other black people, and that's, that's another shame. I mean, we have Tyler Perry Studios. I'm not trying to pick up certain people, but don't, we have to try to take control. Excuse me? He said, don't be shamed. Said, don't hold back the truth. <laughs> right? The truth is the truth. Don't hold back on it. Okay, yeah, we need to start our own streaming services. We have Amazon, Apple, I mean, Hulu, all these other things. We're not in control of anything. Like, um, I met a white guy before when I was, uh, did my first movie. His name is Doug Schwab from Maverick, from Maverick Films. So when I met Doug, I met him in Santa Barbara. And he opened up a whole, a whole photo album for me. And inside the photo album was Mexicans and Blacks with all the movie posters in there. And Doug Schwab said to me, uh, what do you notice about all of these hundreds of minority posters in this book? I said, they're all minorities. He said, yeah, and I own them all. I bought them for $20,000, $30,000 with no back points. Mm. So ownership is a big thing that you got to learn about too, Nate. And that's, that's where I'm going. We have some type of way of ownership because even Spike Lee had to go to Oprah and everybody else to get his movie made of Malcolm X back in the day. There's not a lot of that anymore. Black are up there that's not helping each other. They're only targeting certain black people right now and helping them right now. But if we all... I don't know how we're going to do it. Maybe we have to get a website later on or something, some type of agenda so everybody can try to get together because it's, it's really hard when everybody's not getting together. There's no ownership. Definitely won't have no ownership on that thing. So, I mean, I'm asked all... Owned by somebody else, by Marvel. I'm asked a lot of times why I started Black on Purpose Television Network was for that very reason of opportunity and the ability to do for ourselves, right? 
but I'm competing against the white dream. I'm competing against your brothers and sisters making films that's hoping to get it on a white platform. You got brothers and sisters talking about issues on white platforms and they don't understand or they're perplexed when those things get shut down, right? That's because we need our own. It's difficult to talk about our issues plainly, simply, and with truth when it's on the opposer's in the opposer's kitchen. It's very hard to make a meal, and we try to make a meal. You can't make a meal in somebody's kitchen without their permission. Most of the films that get made, and I can name a few, those films were altered in order to satisfy the taste of the white investors so that those movies could get done. Movies like Amistad, right? Even Harriet Tubman movie. You know, they put in anything they want, and if you want this money, then you're gonna make it the way we want. We don't have to make, we wanna see when I go on Netflix, on the rare occasions that I do, I wanna see people that look like me. So if you go on Netflix and you and you flicking through, looking for black, 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 there is only so much black that Netflix is gonna take. Netflix is never gonna give you the impression that there are a black network, a black streaming network. It's never gonna happen. And they keep upping the production criteria to keep you out because they keep getting a flood of black content. So they keep upping the the uh the, the, the cameras and the equipment that you need. We don't need that. Africa has become the number two movie maker in the world on a very simple concept. You have a camera, I have lights, you have a script, you got sound, let's make a movie, right? right? So they don't have that, they don't have that issue before them. And they've turned that into a multi-billion dollar industry. Yes, Netflix is coming over there, trying to take, China's in there trying to take over Africa. You got a lot of dynamics going on, but we have more resources to equipment, more resources to stuff, and we cannot get our shit together to even make something together in the way that Africa's doing it. Why? Because of the stuff we were taught by our former masters, and we can't get it away from us. There's this relationship of slave master to slave that still exists today and is not changing. And we think that if it's white, then we need to stick with that or roll with white. And I can't stand that ignorance. It makes me crazy every day. Amen, mm. my brother. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, people. Speaking speaking of uh, speaking of white slave masters, um, how do you think that Trump is handling the uh, COVID nineteen uh, situation? It's a joke. Oh, oh, it's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, you know, he's using it. It's plain and simple. It's a re-election campaign issue for him. Period. Every time you see him on TV. It's only because he doesn't want Joe Biden on TV. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's way over his head. And, you know, it's like it's not the reaction that the federal government should have, you know. I mean, as a ex-military guy, you know, I, I mean, 
you know, I know the power of the federal government. You know, when the United States wants to move on something, they move on it, you know? And, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, when you look at Thailand, Thailand did what America should should have done the first 24 hours, you know, when, um, when they discovered that the problem was happening in China and they knew it was gonna come to them. They started buying up the company that make masks, <laughs> that make respirators, you know? It's like, that was the move. And here, you know, Trump hasn't even put the federal government weight into action to start federalizing companies and make them, you know, do the War Powers Act and, and act on it. So it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. But he's playing to his base and, you know, white people who believe in him and some, a few black people, you can't tell him anything. You can't tell him he can't do any wrong. So he's right about you got shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, you know? Right. So the people that believe in it, they don't believe in it. The rest of it, we just have to, uh, we just have to turn out to vote, man. We just have to hope that him and his little cronies don't try to use this whole virus panic thing to push off the election so he could be president for longer than he, you know, which is his master plan anyway. 702, 702, turn your radio down. I'm going to bring you in, turn your listening and listen through the telephone. We have another phone call that's joining, another guest is joining us here. 702, who's on the line? Jasmine the Bay, hey, Jasmine's manager. Hey, what's going on, Jasmine? All right, so we get the female point of view on all this now. Jasmine, let me type you in. Okay, so Jasmine, have you been listening to the show or have you been busy and just got a chance to get to the phone to call in? Yeah, I just got to the phone to call in. So give me a brief on what, what's going on. Okay, well, we're talking. Okay, so what is happening? in Las Vegas as a manager of a successful artist what's the music scene look like now since the clubs are shut down so just give us the rundown of that and what is the alternative plan to keep it moving um so uh, Wolf was scheduled to perform he was actually booked for the entire month of March and the entire month of April and I had to cancel all those shows obviously um, but I do have an idea and a lot of artists are doing it on Instagram I think Erica Badu kind of started it she um, has a new album that she's getting ready to release and she had a, a brilliant idea of doing a live listening party on Instagram and I think you donate a dollar to join Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that would be a great idea for us so I know right now we can't do a physical show but we can do a virtual show you know it's it's possible um, and I think this virus stuff you know it's unfortunate that people are losing their life over this it's, um, it's tragic you know what I mean it, because I think there's there's more to it than what they're going to let us know, meaning the government. Uh-huh. But I think, um, you know, the businesses are suffering and there's just a lot of negative is coming from it. So we still have to do, we still have to 
we still have to survive, we still have to live, we still have to maintain. So, you know, it has to go on, you know what I mean? So for me as a manager, for my artist, I, I thought about so many ideas that I could put into place because of this, this virus, you know what I mean? Like everything doesn't have to be physical. Now we can go virtual. So open your mind to those ideas when it comes to music. Are, 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 is the American black music community, were they ready for this? You're out there, you're speaking to other managers, you're speaking to artists. Were they prepared for this or were, were they uh, lacking in certain areas? Uh, I don't, I don't think they were prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think so at all. Which is, which is, I mean, I think, as, I think honestly, as Americans, we got lazy. You know, we got lazy and we got comfortable. You know, this this could have been an idea that somebody should have thought about a long time ago with the virtual shows and things like that. You know, donate a dollar to a charity to be a part of the virtual show, the live show, you know, on social media. Mm-hmm. But we got so used to just having our phones and clicking on this and just, you know what I mean? And, it just, I don't think anybody else prepared for this, but um, it does open your mind to different businesses because obviously everybody's working either from home or can't physically go to work, so now you got to figure out another hustle from the house, you know what I mean? Mm. So what is, what would, what would be your, your top four, top five moves in the future to keep uh, black people insulated from uh, things uh, such a thing like this, like a pandemic, like you can't get insulated necessarily from. Okay, who I remember? Uh, you can't necessarily get um, inoculated from the virus possibly affecting you. But as far as the money and keeping everything flowing and not drying up, not going out of business, not losing. What are what are some of your uh, ideas? Uh, top five or top four or top two? or number one to keep flowing and then want to ask everyone else think about that and one thing that can push and keep it moving um i think i mean i think for 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 me i, I can't speak for anybody else but for me i'm a mother a single parent i have two children uh we, it's me and my children who live together i would Put in, it put in place a survival pack. Like, I know it sounds like it's a movie stuff, but it's real. You know what I mean? A survival pack for, for me and my children. Now we're there so long. You know, that was put in, into place. Um, and then as far as our community, I just feel like saving. Like, I think in our community, we don't know how to save or it's because we're not used to having money. You know, so I think that's the number one thing. Like, we gotta learn how to save money and put aside for things like this, you know, for emergency situations, you know. And uh, I, the one thing I that affected me the most is with the kids because that, you know, them going to school and not being able to finish their, you know, their schoolwork for the, for the rest until, at least, at least until spring break, because they were gonna go on spring break anyway. But these schools did not wanna close. It was like Clark County School District did not want to shut down. You know, they, they wanted the kids to still be exposed and they still felt like they weren't at risk. So it was just crazy. And then they didn't have no plan B on how the kids were going to do homework at home. 
after they did get closed down. So that was like the number one thing. Preparing the kids for, uh, you know, being away from school to do their homework at home with proper Wi-Fi, internet, you know what I mean? And then like a survival pack that includes, you know, the basic toilet paper, some canned food, stuff like that. Um, and so just putting aside some change for this. Okay, so let me let me uh, bring this back. Who, who's on the line? If I can, Michael Campbell. Okay, hold on, Michael. Someone came in. Two oh nine. You're on the line. Who's on the line? Two oh nine. Okay, let me put you back on hold here. Okay, go ahead, Michael. So, so we've got survival pack to uh, to set up, have everything laid out already. Uh, the survival pack, food, tissue, all that uh, added. What, what, what's what's next, Mike? Okay, so what I want to say just one thing. Just like we're going through this right now, okay. consider if you will, right? You're watching Black on Purpose television because and and you get this information that Congress has just now declared a war on black people. We're not doing nothing more for them. We're not doing nothing more for black people. Think of that as a epidemic. What would, what would black folks need to do? There would be a sudden shift of selfishness from black people if they thought that their obligation to their former masters were now disrupted with their realization that they had no more need for black people. What would be the reaction at that point? How would people change in the way they treat each other? How would people change the way they move, the way they function? They would see sudden unity because survival would kick in. As long as white folks are there to bail us out, we'll keep depending on them, we'll keep depending on Netflix, we'll keep depending on the coonery and buffoonery of Tyler Perry and others. We'll keep going with that. You follow what I'm saying? We'll still worship almighty Oprah. We'll still go through that same bullshit over and over again until we get hit with the big stick outside the head. All right? So what we have to do is not just prepare a kit for food, we need to prepare a mind kit. We need to prepare a brain kit for our children and for our families. We need to give information to each other. That's the kind of kit beyond the food kit we need, an information kit to pass on to our children. Okay, uh, Foster? Yes, hello? Yeah. Foster. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, so what what type of preparation do uh, American black people have to have to move forward? So well, we have the survival pack, we have the prepare a mind kit. What, what, what's your uh, thoughts on it? Well, I'll be honest. I, I don't have a lot, I mean, what I, I'm so in line with this gentleman, and I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but Michael, the mind kit, you know, the mind, yeah, Michael, is it? Yeah, Michael Campbell, Bob TV. Michael, yeah, my, Michael, Michael pretty much gets the words out of my mouth, you know, I love it, it's like the mind kit, 
is the thing because you know, on a certain level, uh, with the way society is, we're all in the same boat when from, from fairness. I mean, we live in California, so this is earthquake territory. So you always should have some water and some food and basic uh, necessity, you know, tucked away. Uh, not for coronavirus and nothing else, just for it could be an earthquake any moment. And I always believe that earthquake comes at three o'clock in the morning. If you don't have flashlights and some water and whatever necessary, you know, then you know, you're out. And that that's not just a black thing, that's just a human thing and that's a, you know, just survival period. But when it does come to the black side, the African-American community or whatever across this country, I think the, the my survival is the thing and we should be putting that in place right away. But again, how do you, you know, how do you get to now? And Michael said um, he didn't think that the Jewish way was the way. And, Again, I agree and I disagree with that because I think that for an example that that you gave, never again, the Jewish model is a great model because that is a, that shows a real sense of community and unity. Uh, for the things that he mentioned, I agree. It's you know the Jewish community is not a good. I mean, they they're, they're nobody to hold up in terms of being envious of them or wanting to be like them or praising them, you know, because, I mean, just that whole Palestinian Jewish thing is so wrong on so many different levels and pathetic. But as far as what you said, never again. We need a never again. And that mindset, that mindset of if what what Michael said about if the government said we're not doing anything for black people, I think they already said it when they voted for Trump. You know, it's yeah, like, it's what's go ahead, Jasmine. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. For the most part, when he came in, so I think that you know, one Trump could be or should have been the best wake-up call black folks could have got instead of looking for somebody to help you and give you something or help you at all let's take the mindset that help is not coming so what can we do amongst us but again michael has hit on several things that i personally agree with that that we are so beholden to this being part of the white community we are so set on if it's not white if it's not accepted by white people then it's not valid it's not you know we still have the slave mentality that left man mentality and and that's a shame you know that's the thing that we have to that's the thing that we have to um recover from or get out from under before we'll ever have a possibility of doing anything. We have to realize and recognize that we are kings and queens and that they will follow us. It's just that right now, if they try, they have to own us first before they let us shine. And yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, 
you know, just to be honest right now, I don't know, but I know where, what is not working and that's where we're present at. Mm -hmm. And again, I'll, I'm done. I'll Keith, be quiet. Are you on the, the line? The Jews, the Jews, the, the Jews may have a motto of never again, but we have a motto again and again. <laughs> again and again, again and again, and we have to change that model of again and again, right? I don't look up to anybody that doesn't respect me as a man and does not respect me as a black man, that does not respect our children, that offers us horrible deals in the film and television industry with no respect no regard to me as a, a black man who's a single parent raising my children. I have no respect for them whatsoever because they have none for me. And they haven't had it since the beginning of film and television and the music industry because there have been managers that have done nothing but take from us and give nothing back. Go to a Korean merchant right now and ask them to chip in money for food to help black people with this coronavirus. Ask them to buy you t-shirts for your kids' baseball or dance thing or whatever they're doing in the community. They want to be in the community, but they want to steal from it. And we're too stupid to understand because we're stuck on being dependent and not on independence. So we go from kings and queens to bums and traps. We go to singing about the things that made us big to now singing about things that we don't want our children to hear. We're making content. We're making music. We don't even, when our kids are coming up, we don't want them to listen to it. Right. Well, Michael, when you say again and again, the difference with that, um, Never again and again and again is never again is conscious. What you're saying about the overall community again and again is a, is a, is a subconscious, unconscious repeating of the same thing. It's, it's a denial of the reality and it is a hopelessness, you know, because again, we don't know any better because what we're seeing. You know, I mean, to me, that's a society thing. It's it's the media thing. You have you have to get it The biggest question I get asked from black folks are, why did you call it black on purpose television? Why did you call it that? Couldn't you have toned that down a bit? I don't give a damn about toning nothing down. <laughs> I'm trying to bring something. I'm not trying to, to, you know, they always want us to do something to change how how it appears to them rather than the truth. The truth does not need us defending. The truth defends itself. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on Michael. Keith, are you on the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, so what is your, what is your, one solution because so far we have survival pack prepare a mind kit mind kit again with a different way of saying of going along with the way that the jews say never again what's one of the things that uh american blacks to prepare themselves so that something like this uh won't touch them as hard as it's touching them now affecting them now 
it's prayer. It's prayer. But if you're really looking at it that way, I mean, we gotta have ownership and you gotta have good energy and spirit and a gospel about yourself because you gotta put one foot after the other. Nothing's gonna be handed to you, so you're gonna have to get out there and go and make it your own, whether it be guerrilla filmmaking, independent, or anything. You're gonna have to have that in you because some people have a wishbone where the backbone is supposed to be. And we're gonna have to take charge and ownership and let people know that we're, 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 we're not scared of nothing. We can stay in charge, but we're gonna have to become in ownership and not be scared. So, can't have no fear, no fear. No fear. Yeah. Okay, so you know that is the saying of the night. Yeah. A wishbone where a backbone well, should be. You know. No fear. All right, so a survival pack, prepare uh prepare a mind kit. Mind kit never again and no fear. And don't have a wishbone where there should be a backbone. All right, so we're coming up with solutions here at the right. Film Review, Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, and Society. And we have only about 30 minutes left. Can you believe that this time moved this fast? But listen up. i like to thank Foster V. Corridor, Michael. Foster V. Corridor, cinematographer, lighting, script, director, editor, uh, Michael Campbell, CEO of Bop TV, Black on Purpose Television, Jasmine, uh, manager and a promoter, marketer uh, for Whoop Dotson. If you haven't heard Whoop Dotson's music, it's incredible. And of course, last but definitely not least, Keith Lee, independent filmmaker who has his products out everywhere. We reviewed his film on here and he's also on um, on Amazon with his uh, American Crime. I want to make sure I get that right. But anyway, so in closing, last minute, how people can get in contact with you, starting with Keith Lee. Um, Keith Lee Movie uh, Instagram.com Keith Lee Movies on Facebook um, Keith Lee Movies on um, YouTube L-E-A That's right uh, Hold on, okay, let me make sure Yes, okay, so I'm going to let you go And then we're going to go on to Jasmine Because we're going to go move on with the rest of the show So thank, thank you. you for calling in And thank we thank will you. talk again Thank you for having me And much success to you guys Thank, thank you so very much Much success, bye Alright, Jasmine, tell them how they can get in contact yeah, with you Go ahead <laughs> Okay, so um, on Instagram, my name is Jazz from the Bay, so it's J-A-S, the number four, R-M-D-A-B-A-Y. Um, on Facebook, it is Jasmine L-Z, my last name is spelled E-L-L-Z, like in Z-Bray, E-Y. Um, and you can reach, well, my artist is Wolf Dawson, and he's King Wolf Dawson on Instagram, and he's Wolf Dawson on Facebook. Uh, I think his in YouTube is Wolf Dawson as well. There's a link in my bio that's another way to contact me. Um, you can just click the link in my bio on Instagram. All right. Thank you for calling in, and Thank we will you. speak again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, Michael. Michael Campbell, Bop TV. Okay. Uh, you can reach me via email. 
blackonpurposetv at gmail.com, blackonpurposetv at gmail. We're on all social media at blackonpurpose. And you can also, uh, if you like, uh, hit us up on the web, boptv.com, B-O-P-T-V.com. All right. Thank you for calling you, in. And, of course, we're going to speak again. Thank you. Thank you. And last but not least on the line is Foster V. Corridor, uh, cinematographer, editor, uh, extraordinaire, you name it, he does it, electrician, uh, grip, making sure that the magic is lit right, sounds right, looks right, to be finished, to be put on the big screen. How do they get in contact with you? Uh, sir, just Google Foster Quarters. There are a number of ways. All of those YouTube and Instagram and uh, Facebook and all that have come up. Foster Quarter, F-O-S-T-E-R-C-O-R-D-E-R. But I want to say that I'm really happy to find out about Michael. I've already Googled um, uh, Black on Purpose TV and I'm going to be checking out some of his programming and what he's doing because that really sounds exciting and I'm happy for him uh, and, and making that effort and also I want to put out a plug that you know that now that the um, the Black News Network are you familiar with that? Yes Yes I am Spectrum now? Yes oh, okay. Yeah and so um, you know some of my family is involved in that so you know we want to wish them success and congratulate them on their launching and everything that they're doing so um you know we're making moves slowly but surely but i i love what mike said it's a you know we need a, a mind survival pack right now yeah. um, i think our president was the best wake-up call we could get you know don't look for help because there's no help coming and i think this, this coronavirus is a perfect example of that and it's not just uh, black people. So, you know, there's a racial component, but, you know, I think it's a, a have and have not. It's a wealthy and, and not wealthy. You know, when you look at who could, who uh, corona testing kits were available for, yeah. you know, initially for the last two weeks. You see, uh, people with money were able to get tested when they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, people without money, we still waiting, so um, it's interesting. But thanks so much for doing this show, and thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, you guys. Uh, and uh, did you uh, just jump in the subject for a second? Did you guys do the uh, the discussion about uh, Twelve Monkeys yet? Or did I miss no, no, no. We, we're getting ready. To, we're getting ready to do that right now. As soon as we finish up. So stay tuned okay, for that. I can, get that. I can see that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So it's on. It's on. We're on Facebook on the Crazon Dion. I shouldn't have said that because they don't want to be advertised. But anyway, that or you can go right to our YouTube to the Film Review Life Channel, and we're right there streaming right now. We're simulcasting. Yep. All right. All right. So. So thanks for. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, and we will talk again. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, people. So, look, 
back, you know, we had a all-star lineup. If you don't know these individuals that are in this uh, production game independently, you got to feel what they, how they think and how they move. And, you know, the first four things that we put down, because we're about solutions here. And so we're about making sure that people... Um, that we move forward yeah. as a group of people, American blacks. We do have to start to begin to think like a monolith, right? Right. We have to think. It, it would take one aspect yeah. that we can agree on and move forward with that, yeah. right? We have to add that with aspirin and Tylenol to the package. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. people. Uh, so let me just say about the uh, let me put this up here real quick so we can get to twelve monkeys real quick because we're not it's not much that you can say about um, self made made uh, as usual in this new uh, era of Me Too it makes the black man look like a sexist misogynist cheating no good low down people while the black woman is trying to do and my thing is if you're going to do that then you have to make sure to know that black men will then start to write parts where black women are well I'm not going to go there but let me just say that it's 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 a shame. It's beautifully produced. Right. You know, sound quality is great, excellent, everything. But just that aspect of making Booker T looks like look like a sexist, yeah. made the morticians look like a, 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 a misogynist, rapist. Yeah. Uh, just not the husband, a cheater. You know, it was just another way to tell the story. And you wouldn't expect anything less from some of the same people. Even though LeBron James did, I'm glad LeBron James did produce that, right? It, executive produce. Yeah. But some of the other people on there, you know, from the uh, Harriet movie. Yeah. And you know, they're making black men seem like they are animals. Yeah. And while other people are getting a pass, as usual, the the white investors, well, they were the saviors of the film mm-hmm. for her. And it may seem like only they were able to make her rich. No black man was involved. Right. All right, people. So I'll give that, that's an eight point, and no, that's a 7.9 averaging out. We're not going to even go through it. Let's go to 12 monkeys yeah. because we are in the middle of a pandemic and 12 monkeys, mm-hmm. a classic, 1995, uh, a movie in four acts. Now, movies are supposed to be done in three acts, okay. but Twelve Monkeys is done in four acts, right? So, Act One introduces the audience to James Cole, which is uh, Willis, right? So, let, let's go through the main cast members first. Uh, Bruce Willis plays James Cole. Madeline Stowe plays Catherine uh, Rally. Okay. Uh, Brad Pitt plays uh, Jeffrey Goins, and uh, David Morse plays Doctor Peter. Okay. Right. All right. 
So, like I said, 12 monkeys is in four acts. Act one introduces the uh, audience to James Cole, which is Willis, played by uh, Bruce Willis. He's in this world, right? And you don't know, it's a future world, and you don't know if he's a soldier or a prisoner by the way he is... uh, where his bunks are, the way the bunks are, they could be futuristic soldiers right. or they could be futuristic prisoners, right? And so you don't really know at first. It's not clear until he's summoned by the scientist, right? right? Act two begins in 1990 when we are introduced to the psychiatrist, Catherine uh, Rayleigh, especially Rayleigh, uh, played by Stowe. Right. Who is introduced to a beaten Cole who's chained in a cage. Does that sound familiar? The theme the theme Cole's not believed. The, the theme of Cole not being believed is introduced when he's placed into a mental institution where Cole is introduced to Jeffrey Goins. Right, who is Brad Pitt, portrayed by Brad Pitt. The use of parallelism with what's playing on the TV. The TV is a character in the film, much like in Children of Men, another film about a, uh, a dystopian world that we spoke about last week. Make sure that you uh, go back and watch that review as we review films con- uh, concerning uh, pandemics, right? Right. With what happens in real time, it is an ingenious touch by the writer and director. Do we have the writer and director? Let's see. That's it. Once Cole is introduced to Jeffrey, mm-hmm. the inciting event happens. See, you set up, so it's real interesting because it's an act one, okay. right? Which really just introduces you to the world that Bruce Willis is in, this futuristic world. Then when he's shot back to the past, this is time travel in this, right? So when he's shot back to the past to 1990, it takes a little longer for the initiating event. Okay, so here on IMDB, Mm -hmm. writing credits, Chris Marker, Okay. um, screenplay, David Webb, Peoples, and Janet Peoples. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. let's see who the director is. So, uh, so in Act Two, okay. directed by Terry Gill. Yeah, Terry Gill. Right. Once Cole is introduced to Jeffrey, the incident, the inciting event happen happens. Right. Which also, you already know the dramatic need mm-hmm. of the uh, of Bruce Willis. Yeah. You already know what the dramatic need is. He's trying to make a phone call, and he's because he tells. The Stowe's character that he is trying to get information. Right. So you know that he's slung back for that reason, right? Act three moves forward to 1996. Now remember, the movie came out in '95, so automatically, what the main happening is a year ahead of when the movie came out, right? Where we meet the doctor, uh, psychiatrist. Rally again, successful lecturing about her book, right. where we're introduced to Dr. Pete David Morse. Right. The body of the story is told here 
were cold and really take a road trip, right? So they take a road trip and you're introduced to the character and you find out that he knows certain things that are happening in that period then. Mm-hmm. And she discovers right. that what he's saying is the truth, right? Act four finds Cole figuring a way to finish his mission. The agent uh, the agent of the pandemic is present in the story. So you so you find out who is actually behind actually releasing the contagion, right? And so we're not gonna give too much of the details away. Right. We just set up a synopsis, but it's in Act 1 through Act 4. It's very interesting to have created a film like this, where it's Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, because usually films are Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Like a play. But this one has an extra act because you're fully introduced to him before he goes into this Mm-hmm. to what would be considered the normal wor- world okay. from the dystopian world. Now, as a film, laying out, it's, it's, a, it's a detective, yeah. sci-fi, right. uh, thriller yep. with action. Yeah. And right. they're dealing with what we're dealing with now, a virus. A virus. Different type of virus. A different type of virus. virus. And much like what we talked about at the top of the show, about how the uh, white inferiority groups are trying to use COVID-19 as a bioweapon is much like what this contagion is in 12 Monkeys. There's a lot of twists and turns and misdirection in the film which makes it very interesting and you should watch this because when you're not believed When you're not believed and you're trying to save the world, there's a problem. What did the president say today? He said, we're at war. We're at war. That's what he said. We're at war and he he wants to solve it, right? The use of flashback to connect Cole's experience present with the past, future, I give that a 10. Cinematography, 10. Storyline through line 10. Arc of characters 10. UMA work. That's a makeup artist. That's a 10. Uh, Location and set design 10. The confusion brought by so called people in charge. The rich, the poor, those in power. That's a 10. Right? Right? So, what, what would you give? Definitely a 10. Um, the writing, and of course, the acting. The acting mm-hmm. is superb. We talked about the acting while watching it mm-hmm. again. So it's nice to see it again because it's been years since we originally saw the film. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just scary comparing what's happening now. What's happening now to film. So, so it's kind of like, what is it? Uh, life. Uh, imitating art or art imitating life right vice versa yeah but what's what's real good about this film has that 90s sensibility right and the 90s sensibility right now we haven't seen anything that uh 
has come up for it because it's a bill from the 60s, 70s, and 80s right. by the time that you come into the 90s, right? Right. And so w- most of the people who were doing this are children. Yeah. And the last directors that may have been from uh, starting the baby boom mm-hmm. and people who are of the generation of the civil rights, the, the right. babies from the civil rights movement are in the movies, right? And mm-hmm. the 90s sensibility, the music, the use of film still, which has that grain that mm-hmm. is just just an incredible thing, the yeah. grain on the film, and, and the, but yet still the clarity, the sound, the use of the effects and everything, beautifully done. Yeah. The film depicts the red tape a anti-hero goes through trying to save the world right. and most likely the people won't be saved yeah. right so this is what we were talking about now yeah. when foster laid this out laid out the thing that what they're not telling us is that everyone is going to get this you know i mean that that is a a a a like a real horrifying thought, it right? Is. And, and do you have the stamina and the, and the healthiness to survive for two weeks? That's why you have to be ready. And it's just like um, what we talked about earlier. What's mostly left in the store, grocery store, like fruits and vegetables, and that's mm-hmm. what we need in order to what's regenerate, right? Regenerate right. our system to stay healthy. So, you know, and also we saw a lot of like medicine and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. so now kind of like the VA, right, Mm -hmm. has canceled most elective procedures, just like many hospitals in America are doing, they're doing the same Mm -hmm. to focus on this virus and helping the patients who have the virus. So that's why it's it's important. They mentioned on the news like a, a week or so ago. Make sure you have your like Tylenol, your cough syrups, your medicines, your I mean like all of that kind of stuff is important. Don't let them because don't let if them you can't them. if you can't be seen in the hospital, then at least you'll have some of the medicine you need for just like just general cold. Maybe you just have to self medicate. Self medicate. But yeah. see, don't don't let them fool you because they they came out finally and said finally. the reason why they were saying don't wear the mask is because they were trying to hold the mask for the professionals. So make sure you have your mask. Right. Make sure you have your gloves. Bandana, a scarf across because your nose. Because if it is fact right. that the white inferiority groups are out there trying to spray this. We, we, we showed you the video, mm-hmm. right? We showed you the video yeah. of examples of this happening, right? Yeah. And if people are out there and they can come Purpose up to you and have it, wet hands and shake your hand. Yeah. And then if you happen to, or they can cough. Yeah, so the purpose of showing that was to when when you are in public, mm-hmm. when you're getting on the elevator, when you're on the subway, when you're just out period pumping gas. Pay attention. Pay attention. Put on your gloves. Put on your gloves. Yeah, just Have your, your gloves. winter gloves, something. Have your hands covered, you know. That's right. And do not touch your face. Right. Right? right, and do and don't let anybody come up to you with a spray bottle. They're talking about spray bottles. They're talking about all kinds of things. Yeah. Things the white yeah. inferiority groups. I, yeah. Like I said before, I don't like to call them superior uh, white supremacists because they're they're afraid, right. or so that makes them inferior because they're afraid of a black planet. But that's another story of another time. Yeah. They are they 
they're practicing something called accelerationism, where they work to destabilize the society because they believe once the society falls, then they can then instate Nazism into place. And we know what Nazism was and what it stood for. And uh, I believe that's that person who wrote that. Let me look in my notes here because I had it. I kind of abbreviated because I knew that we had guests on the phone. Right? But uh, his name is Daniel Mason. No, James Mason. Mm -hmm. He came up with this concept. He has books out. Look him up. James Mason, he's 67 years old, believes Nazis cannot take power as long as the existing U.S. government uh, is still uh, still in place. Right? So anything to destabilize society is what they're doing. So when you're out there, so why the American government, I believe, the different governments, different cities, they know this because they've been tracking these race extremists. Right. Right? They've been tracking them and they know that this is what they're doing to spread the virus. And for them them to release it to let everybody know, like Well well well, actually Yahoo News released. But someone tipped off the news. Yeah, but the but the news the news, the talking heads don't talk about this. Right. So this is very important. We here at the film review are going to bring you the information. Yeah. So you have to remember that this is happening. And this, if if I knew this, and I'm if if I knew that, and I'm right. in government, and I've been tracking it, the FBI and all right. the other federal organizers have been tracking it, then I'm going to try to find a way right. to make sure that the people right. are off the street. Remember the woman? She uh. Tried to what is it uh, spit on a police officer? Yeah, that's right. She's threatened to spit on the police officer, and he arrested, and he arrested her. Right, uh, FBI agents, law enforcement, right. and non-white people. Right, right. So if you say, well, let's go on and out to spring break, and you got sw- and some of your some of them have swoopy hair, and they're right. partying with you. Well, they're trying to get you sick so you can take it back to grandma, mother, father, or back to someone that is affected, you know, with a pre-existing condition to wipe them off. And it starts uh, discontent and it destabilizes the society. So it's important to stay safe, healthy, and informed. Like right now, I I don't know if... I have a feeling some people are. Do you think not everyone's taking this serious? No, they're not taking it serious. Because, because the thing is, well, first of all, like right now in the hospitals, right, there are a shortage of ventilators mm-hmm. and face masks, which is like really, I mean, like that's scary. Mm-hmm. And to know that they're turning, uh, well, we know they're taking turning uh, elective surgeries away, but some people are being turned away. From in the hospital because of course they have to focus on right the COVID virus, COVID nineteen virus. But um General Motors have offered to make they're gonna be making the ventilators and three M are doing they're doing the face mask, right? Mm-hmm. And um the FDA today they just approved COVID nineteen tests that will give test results within forty five minutes. 
right? Okay. Because prior to that, it was uh, it took um, days to receive yeah. the results back. It started right? a couple of weeks, went to days. Yeah, and so yeah. now so they now. did uh, approve a forty-five minute uh, results back test. But the reason why we chose twelve monkeys, right. so that's two movies you need to watch: right. Children of Men, right? That is. After the aftermath right. of the contagion, and then Twelve Monkeys shows you after and before right. and during. Right. The reason why we chose this film is because look at the Doctor Pete character and listen to his philosophy on what he believes about the contagion. Right. Once you get past the the misdirection. Listen to Dr. Pete when he meets uh, the psychologist right. uh, getting an autograph on his book mm-hmm. that she's signing her book. Mm-hmm. He bought the book. He gets mm-hmm. an autograph. Listen to what he says mm-hmm. and listen and watch his demeanor in the film mm-hmm. and you will see what's going on. Right. And right. that's why we sure. chose 12 sure. Monkeys because each one of these films teach you something right. about pandemics and if they're used as a bioweapon, right? So oh, people... People, that before we... Uh, the Surgeon General, right? Okay. Uh, Surgeon General, Dr. James Adams. Uh-huh. Um, He's really he, stepping up. He, you know, he I, has, I, yeah. I text him. I mean, I, I tweeted him because right. I told him, I said, man, when we see you, you're just standing there. You know, I don't know if he really had anything to say or anything, right. or if, if Trump was just using him as we furniture, sight, so right? Yeah, yeah. So as furniture, but I, I, I tweeted him and I said, "Man, you are because you see all Caucasian up there, right? right. And or you see Asian, or you see Indian. And he's right? a long black right. person, right. Right. right? But I'm just in period, right? But black people are absent." in the battle to uh, kill the spread of the virus and I told him man you have to speak up because you represent our interest as American blacks to be seen as having interest in solving and eliminating COVID-19 yeah so the site that he gave um, coronavirus.gov right for information regarding that and then Google is building a website to let you know where the nearest testing sites are, locations are where you live. So that's google.com forward slash COVID-19. That's it, people. So look, this has been another another robust episode of the Film Review, yes. right? And go back and listen. We went through the whole litany. We had heavy hitters in the industry that are doing things and this is what we do we bring the people together to make it happen right this is the conduit that does it and make sure people that you know that we have that special because you know things are not going to be the same right as we close out the things are not going to be the same so that's why we offer for for independent filmmakers we offer the coronavirus Shutdown. Now we talked about this right. weeks ago before they started shutting down, but we knew that this was coming because yeah. time keeps on slipping into the future, and right. you can predict. So the cold, uh, the uh, coronavirus, right. the new normal shutdown. 
when you're able to send in your secure screeners to Lordland Enterprises right. at Hotmail.com. That's Lordland Enterprises at Hotmail.com. And we will uh, watch your film, review it, right. and have you on for interview for free. Right. Because you need to make sure, we are making sure that you push out right. to the people and that you continue and that people have something to watch. Right. We do our thing. We don't blatantly say openly like our guests, which we do not disagree with at all. But I just do it in this way and say come on so that people will be able to go to your platform and generate revenue for you and we do this for free so get your secure screeners into Lordland Enterprises at Hotmail.com and I was contacted by someone that we will talk about right. in the future because we have a couple of films coming up right and we were also contacted by someone who does some distribution. So we're going to talk about that in the weeks to come, right? But stay tuned. Yeah. You have been watching, and we have been very grateful for you watching, and right. we are happy and glad yeah. to bring this yeah. platform to and you. And each week we're going to bring um, you some right. type of information. That's right. Regarding COVID. And we want to make sure that we yeah. bring this information to you because. Right. You need the straight facts. Right. You have been watching the film review. The movies, music, right. yeah. movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, and society. And we will see you next time right. on the film review. review. The film review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast interviews, movie reviews, and more live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on Facebook at Crazon Dion. Hey everybody, this is Lunell, the original bad girl of comedy. I'm here at the Link Promenade in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, and you're watching the film review. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.